Are you ready to find out how to blaze your own trail? Welcome to the Blaze Your Own Trail podcast with your host, Jordan Mendoza. In this podcast, Jordan interviews people from around the world to find out about their journey to success. If you are looking for valuable content with actionable advice, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Jordan Mendoza. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Blaze Your Own Trail podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Mendoza, and I've got a very special guest today. His name is Daniel Gomez, and I'm going to give him a second to tell you who he is and what he does today. Hey, Jordan Mendoza, man. Thank you for having me on your show, brother. I've been excited all week. I don't know my calendar since last week, man. And Daniel Gomez is who I am. My brand is Daniel Gomez Inspires. And Man, I just love people. That's who I am. When I almost lost my wife four years ago to breast cancer, I'll tell you what, it changed my whole perspective of how I live, breathe, and what I do. And at the current moment, man, I'm, I'm blessed. We won podcast of the year last year in 2020. We have an award-winning uh, speak, speaker academy called Sticker Shock Speaking Academy. We train speakers from all over the country internationally. So it's epic, just really showing people how to become that professional speaker. I'm a, an award-winning business coach because no business survives without revenue. I don't care if you're selling pancakes, donuts, or if you're selling blenders, whatever you're selling. So I'm just real, man. I'm here to serve your audience. So let's, let's do this, man. I'm excited. Awesome, man. Well, hey, thank you for that intro. And we're going to get into all the amazing things that you're up to a little bit later in the show. But my favorite part, brother, is I like to rewind. I love to give the audience context into Daniel. So let's rewind. I'm talking adolescent years, elementary, middle to high school. So what kind of kid were you? Where did you grow up? And uh, were you more into academics? Were you into sports? Let's give the audience some context. Man, well, it's funny you ask that because in in my book, Sticker Shock, I talk about when I was a kid on the playground and it's like, you always want to be that first kid picked, right? And we're talking about grade school, man. But the reality is this, is I was a chubby little kid and I wasn't always the first one picked. I wasn't always the second one picked. I wasn't always the third one picked. But as I grew older and went to middle school, I knew that I didn't, I knew I wanted a girlfriend and I knew that I needed to do something because my sixth grade year, I was in band. And of course, it's not too athletic. So when I became a, here in the States, you got to be right in the seventh grade to, to play football. So when I became a seventh grader, man, I did everything I possibly could to lose weight. And by the grace of God, I did. But I didn't realize that by that time, and the time that I read the done, right? I had to overcome a lot of just challenges in my own thinking that I wasn't that overweight little kid anymore in Jordan. So that's, I remember that's the first inclination of, of grade school, right? Playing basketball but never being the first one picked, man. Yeah, and you know, and what a lesson to learn, right? You you learn that, hey, you know, if if you want to be picked in a different place, right, there's things that you have to do, right? You've got to show them, like show them what you're worth, right? Whether that's stepping up your game or, or what you did is you decided to step into fitness and work on your craft. Right. Because I, th- I think that's su- that's something that's super important in life is that you have to put in the reps no matter no matter what it is. Right. Yeah, no, you do. And I think so many people, they don't. I, I love what you just said, because the reps equals preparation. Right. Reps equal preparation. And many people, it doesn't matter what age level you're at, whether you're in grade school, junior high, high school, college. There's always that reps that you got to put in. But the, the thing is, the higher you go in success, the higher you go in elevation. It's a, it's a more stressful, more 
what's the word? It's a more challenge rep because guess what? You need to be stronger. And most people don't work on the integrity, the strength of their foundation. And that's why when they get a little bit of success, it collapsed under the pressure of the Jordan. 100%. 100%. So, so let's talk high school. So your goal was to play football, right? In seventh grade. So did, did you ended up playing and did that carry in through the rest of middle school in the high school? Man, I, I tell you what, I was a monster in eighth grade, did fantastic. Ended up moving to San Marcos, Texas, which is about an hour away at San Antonio. And, uh, the thing that happened to me that was no bueno, man. I met a girl and fell in love at a young age, gave up sports, gave up football, and really just didn't really care. I, I would, the good thing about oh, playing sports in football in particular was I, 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 I've been working out for the last I would say 35 years of my life because of football. So that's something that stuck with me. And I see my son, right? My son, I even still that in my son and my daughter. So I think when what happened to me in high school, it, it was great. I wasn't voted most likely to succeed. And you always wanted to fit in after a while, right? But I, I would say this is that um, through those high school years, you know, we were very mis- unfortunate where we were, we weren't, we didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have a lot of wealth. And just really those hardships that I went through, right? I didn't really have the nice car at high school. And, we, you know, I had to work all summer long to save up for my first. My first car was a Pinto. And my dad would laugh at me because he goes, man, my, your radio is worth more than your car, son. So it was just, <laughs> it, it helped me to appreciate the success that I've had now in life. So I tell you what, I don't come from great beginnings. I come from humble beginnings, but it's really taught me to appreciate and never forget where I'm at. But at, at the same token, though, I don't reference my, my point of reference isn't who I was then, it's who I am now because I think so many times we have the wrong point of reference and we always go back so far back that it hinders us to be going forward where God wants to take us in life. Sure, absolutely. You know, I, I think it's important to reflect, but but not to have that define us, right? Not to have that be the end all be all. You know, I, I, I was similar. I grew up food stamps, you know, pink lunch tickets, free lunches at the parks during the summer. You know what I'm saying? My first car was a 1985 Nissan 200SX that I spent 600 bucks on, and it was a stick shift. I didn't even know how to drive a stick shift. You know what I'm saying? But you get what you you get what you get, right? And yeah. and what you learn during experiencing that type of adversity is that it gives you tough skin, right? It it shows you that you know you can you can make it, right? And you can look back and reflect and say, man, like. When, when you experience that, you get to look at life through a different lens. You know, you get to look through a lens that some people don't get to experience at all. Well, you know, talking about that, I, I never forget this one memory I have is, is it was after football practice. And I don't, I don't know if it was seventh or eighth grade, but I was there and and one of the guys said, hey man, um, what are you gonna do for dinner? I was like, oh, no, I'm just gonna go home, right? Just kind of, because we didn't have anything to do. I was, me and my brother were living together at the time and he goes yeah i can't wait to go to fuddruckers and go get a big burger and he goes man don't you just love those fuddruckers burgers and i played it off i remember that because i was like i said yeah they're good right never had one in my life yes yeah. we just i was not we my luxury was having instead of having bologna right we had actually a nice ham sandwich was luxury for me but I, I never forget how I felt that day because I never, I've never shared this with anybody in person, family member, no one. And as as I talk about it, as that story came back to me as in, in podcasting, as you, I felt like crap, man. I felt this little, I felt small. Sure. And I said, never do I want to feel that way again. And I didn't know what that meant at that moment, but I knew that that feeling that that was probably one of the lowest points in my life because. 
I lied to Sifirin to say that I had a, I've had a certain burger. And I yeah. said, never again do I want to feel like I can't afford something for myself. Or I couldn't say my family because I was I was barely like 13, 14 years old. But it's a feeling that's impressed me to always strive to do a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, it's something that's sticking sticking on, chip on your shoulder, if you will, right? To just motivate you and, and keep pushing you along. That's awesome. So you, you didn't go into football. You fell in love is, is what you said in, <laughs> in high school. So um, so what happens after high school? Did, did you have aspirations to go to school? Did you go to college? You know, did you start working? Kind of, what was your route there? Man, you know, I became angry. I, I was upset because, like I said, work out. I kind of developed that I don't give a crap attitude, right? Which isn't a good one to have. I got accepted to University of Texas here in Austin, and but I, did, I couldn't afford it. So it was even though I had the approval letter, I didn't really, I didn't really, um, I, I, I can't say that I didn't want to go to school because I think there was a part of me that wanted to go, but I, I'm not. I, I was an AB student, you know, top percentage of my of my class, but I didn't have that desire. All these all these around me, they were like college and and i look back now right i see them now and man they're overweight they're they're unhappy been married divorced three or four times and the people that are most both voted most likely to succeed and but through that hardship of of, of, of being angry it, it just really sometimes not caring that fueled me to really just do what daniel wanted to do in a good way and i didn't really listen to what people told me so i just took a job started working at this company called planet really my faith kind of got developed because the owners were christian and that's when i realized that kind of god's hand was over me and even though i was i was i was reluctant to it i, I didn't i didn't really embrace it away i think being there for almost 10 years after that decade of work i learned how to they sent me to school i, I got my horticulture degree and just as i evolved right because what, what we don't realize jordan is the whole journey of life is a journey of becoming you either become who you're destined to be or you become who you weren't destined to be. And most of us, we settle because we don't want to push those through those challenges that make us stronger and better, and we become better. And I say that because my brother, he ended up just killing himself through the inside, right? Through envy and bitterness. So he never got over our mom passing away. Yeah, and and sorry to hear you know about that loss. You know, lost lost my mom as well. You know, in 2012. So not an easy thing to deal with. And I think I think an important thing to to bring up, Daniel, is that you know we all do deal with grief differently, right? You know, I I remember having to be the backbone for my brothers, who you know some of them it seemed like a, a couple of years where they just weren't themselves, you know, and, and where for me, I felt like I had to be, I had to be strong and I had to show up, you know, but, but even myself, I was, I was down in the dumps, you know, um, for me, you know, because I, I look at life through, uh, a lot of positivity and I try to, to, to shine my light bright, but, but man, losing somebody, especially, especially a mom, you know, not easy, you know, not, not an easy thing, uh, to not an easy pill to swallow. Yeah, and I would, I would speak to your audience right now. I would tell them, you know, it's never easy when you lose a loved one, but you got to keep living, though. I tell you that, ladies and gentlemen, because I saw my brother harbor that resentment, harbor that just that bitterness, and it ate him. It literally ate him from the inside out. And he would say, how can you be so happy? I'm like, well, we can't stop living, right? We, I mean, we can't. And I think so many times we, we do have to give ourselves permissions to grieve and to cry and 
especially out there, right? I don't know how 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 you think of this, but especially Hispanic men, we have that machismo that we're we're taught don't cry, right? Be tough, and it's like no bullcrap. You gotta cry. You gotta release those emotions because the more you suppress it, the more it just eats you up on the inside. So I encourage your audience right now: allow yourself to cry, man. Allow yourself to just grieve because the worst thing you can do is pretend nothing's gone wrong. And the next thing you know, you're dealing with that stuff 10 years from now or 20 years from now. Yeah. You know, it's and it's it's one of those, uh, you know, caught between two stones type of things, Daniel. Right. Because it's like it's super easy. It's super easy for us to say. But when we're in it, you know, when we're in the doldrums and we're in those dark moments, sometimes it's it's so hard when you can't when you can't see that light, but I think you're a hundred percent right. You know, you've got to keep moving. And for me, it was when I started to share my mom's story, you know, this is a woman who was born with one lung in the fifties, you know, back in a time where there wasn't all this fancy stuff to, to operate on people with. And basically they told her she wouldn't live to 18 and she wouldn't be able to have any kids. And she ended up living to 54 and having five boys, you know? So I learned a lot of lessons through seeing her strength in the lens that she looked at life through and wasn't a victim of her circumstances, you know? But it wasn't until I looked at her story and really needed to start sharing it to shine her light brighter, that really helped me come out of a dark place. Yeah, and you're right because doctors only know what they know. There's a there's there's a greater power. We don't realize how powerful our mind is, right? God gave us one of the most powerful computers there ever is, which is our thinking, our mindset, our brain. And I can relate with everything you're saying. I relate with it because when they told my wife four years ago that she was never going to be able to do a push up or a pull up or workout, and I say that because she was into CrossFit, into working out. And when she had her reconstruction surgery after her breast cancer, they really, her foundation of her breast were her lat muscles, right? Her back, her lats. And by the grace of God, you know, about a year ago, she did 20 push-ups when they said she wouldn't do one. So your mind is so powerful that when you really, really believe in something, there's nothing that you can accomplish or you can't do, Jordan. 100%. 100%. And so you, you work... Let's just go back for a minute. You work for the organization 10 years, right? So you, you learn a lot. Um, what did you do after that? Did, is this when you started to go into your speaking uh, speaking engagements and things like that? Or did that happen later on? No, that happened later on. By this time, I was about 26 years old. And actually, that at that moment, my mom passed away when I was 10 years old. And then when I, at that moment, I was 26. So my dad got diagnosed with cancer. And I'll never forget, I was real close to my dad because he's the one that pretty much raised me. And I was put in a situation where my money couldn't save me. My job title couldn't save me. And not that I was wealthy and rich at 26, but we did have a nice little nest egg at, the, at that age level, at that stage in our life. And I resigned from my job to take care of my dad. And I really thought that God was going to heal him. And he didn't, he lived a year, they gave him a month, but he lived a whole year. And it was just a, a lot of growth happened in that moment. And I just, I would see how my dad, no matter what, as a son, as, a, as me being his son, even though he was in pain and going through chemo, he just, he wouldn't, he, he was so resilient. And I think in that season of our life, we opened up a piñata store. We had a retail store that we would sell to supermarkets and we'd sell piñatas, um, those little party favorites that people hit and stuff and celebrations. and. After he passed away, I lost the desire. So that was my first 
foot into actual entrepreneurship for about a year. And I, I'll tell you, it wasn't a failure. I learned so much about myself. I learned so much that I said, heck, if I can sell piñatas, what can I not sell? <laughs> and after that journey, after my dad passed away, I'll, I'll admit I got depressed probably for about two months or so. My son was, was born like 21 years ago. And I gave myself time to grieve, talking about grieving again. I think somebody out there listening needs to give themselves time to grieve, right? I think they, they're they not dealing with that. So it's not somebody for your studio audience listening right now. But I would say that after that, I went into the automotive industry and that's where my life changed, right? That's where I really realized that I can make $100,000. Back in 2003, when 9-11 happened, I was making six figures when six figures was about a quarter million dollars now to make. So just being successful in sales, I think that's what really helped me to be successful in business now where I'm at because I understand business. I understand numbers. I understand sales. I understand communication. And more importantly, I understand people, right? Because you need people. People, the biggest mistake that a lot of businesses make is they put profits before people and you got to put people before profits. That's where the true success comes Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. So. You had your your first business you you shut it down but you learned a lot right which which is important right if if you're learning then it's not a failure like like you said and then you got into automotive sales so i would i would love for you to give context into what the training is like for someone to be able to sell uh to sell cars right and and also give some context on what type of vehicles that you sold um because in, in the car business in 03 to make six figures you're you're probably having to sell a decent amount of cars, but I'm gonna assume as well that the training to, to be able to get that position, they probably had to put you through some type of workshops and training, uh, how to overcome objections, you know, things like that. So I'd love for you to give some context on that. Yeah, well, you know, talking about just automotive, right? Or sales in general, is it's especially in the automotive industry, they you, you, you see back in the day, right? I'm giving my age away, it was newspapers. And he would say, make 100,000 in the automotive industry. And they, you know, we, when I became that manager after three or four years, you see the people that come in and yeah, I want to make this money. But many people want to make the money, but they don't want to put in the work, like you said, the reps. But one thing that I realized is I would study people. And he talked about this with Meyer Briggs is that personalities come into play. A, how you communicate with the salespeople and, and the staff. But more important of all, what's your mindset like? It doesn't matter. I, I've trained over and over, Jordan. But the thing is this, is that if you don't have the right attitude, if you don't have the right mindset, if you're not, if you don't have that resilient mindset and you don't have that attitude of, right, of just getting back up when you're knocked down and thinking positive and expecting the best, you're not going to win in sales. You're not. You're not going to win in the automotive industry because it's not a question of, when I'm not going to sell a car because there's going to be days that you're just it's not going to happen but you have to have the positive mindset and the mentality to say that okay this is just making me stronger okay I didn't sell a car today but I got a chance to practice today and to really see the good and everything so I would say that that is a patient is right have the right attitude and then he have the right mindset and then skills come into play because you can I know many salesmen that have the right skill set but their attitude sucked and they wouldn't sell anything, right? Something went wrong and right off the they, they got derailed or or B, they 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 hit some resilience and right away they gave up and well maybe this isn't for me. And the, the thing is in the automotive industry is you have to you have to grow. And most people, I think not just in the automotive industry, but in life, they don't want to grow because they've never been taught to grow, Jordan. 
So I yeah. think that's the first context that I would give is A, attitude, B, resilient mindset, and C, you have to choose to grow. And then that's when the skill set of sales and the training of that really comes in hand because now you're open-minded to receive. Because me and you can talk to our blue in the face and train, but if they're not receptive, it doesn't do us any good. Yep, 100%. Yeah, no, I, I think those three ingredients are super important, you know, and if we want to get granular, because I think this would be helpful, especially, you know, if there's some younger folks listening in that maybe want to get into sales, uh, especially if you're doing face to face, folks, a couple key things, you got to smile <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> for, for one, right? Eye contact and you got to have a positive attitude. Like if you have those three ingredients, it doesn't matter what you're selling cars, right? If you're a it didn't matter. You could sell anything. I've sold everything from windows to doors to um, a newspaper subscriptions. I've sold it all. And the days I did the best is when I had a great attitude, when I looked my prospective client in the eyes, right? When I was relatable, okay? The, all of these are, are ingredients that are going to help you be successful. Now, you're not going to be successful if you don't put in the reps, <laughs> Right. Yes. If you try to talk to one customer and you get negative and you go sit on the curb, guess what? You're going to miss all the other customers for one and people are going to read it all over your face. It's almost like a scent. You know, it's like blood in the water to sharks when you have a bad attitude. People can almost feel it. Yeah. And I, I love what you said, right? Because I, 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 this is what I teach. There's so much power in our smile that we don't realize that. Like you... Now, as I travel more and more, even these last three or four years, it's like it makes me how many people look mad in the airports. It's like everybody looks all angry, like mad dogging, and then you smile, and smile is contagious. Yeah. But the main thing is this: is the smile disarms your potential customer, your, your client, your prospect. But more importantly, a smile opens a wallet to your customer. That again, a smile it opens the wallet, the purse of your customer. And think about it this way. I always say this in my trainings, right? When you go to a restaurant, you've never been there and the customer service is is amazing and they're, they're smiling and giving you everything you need. The tip's a lot bigger. Well, guess what? The tip's a lot bigger in life too. When you just learn to smile because a smile is disarming, a smile is engaging. And most of all, a smile says, you know what? Jordan is approachable. Daniel's approachable. And if you, if you're, if you can't be approachable, you're not going to get any sales that way at all, Jordan. 100%. 100%. It, it reminds me of an acronym I learned in 1999. I was 18 years old doing business-to-business -business sales. And the acronym was PMA equals OPM. And what that stands for, folks, is a positive mental attitude equals other people's money. Right? <laughs> right? Isn't, isn't that 100% true? It's exactly yeah. what you just said. If you have a great attitude, people are going to like that. They're going to relate to that. 99% of the reason why people buy is because of you. Yes. Because it's not the product or the, the product or the service is great and they might need it or like it. But if they like you, man, it's over. Exactly. Right. I always say that before they buy any product, before they buy any service, they're buying Daniel. They're buying Jordan. They're buying our smile. They're, and most important of all, they're buying our enthusiasm. If you don't yes. believe in a product or service that you're that you're offering your potential client, how do you, if you can't get excited about what you're selling, about what you're offering, right? I don't want to say selling that's fulfilling that need, but if you can't fulfill that, if they can't feel that passion that you have for whatever you're doing, that product or service, how do you expect your customer to feel that passionate about it? So excitement, excitement and enthusiasm is contagious. And I agree with you 100% on that, Jordan. 
Awesome, man. So let's talk after the automotive world. So how, how long did you spend in there? I, th- I know you mentioned 03. When did you exit? And then what did you do next? Man, I was in the automotive industry for almost 20 years. And when I left there, it just, um, I was at work one day. But I, by this time, I was running Chevrolet dealership, Buick dealership, uh, General GMC. And my wife called me at work. Couldn't understand what the heck she was saying. She was crying. And all I heard was the words come out, breast cancer. And at that moment, my whole life changed. But little did I realize up to that point that God had been preparing me for the next stage of my life, even though I couldn't see it. I just remember driving home. And as I was driving home, it's like God was saying to me, the check engine light in your life has been on for so long, you've just been ignoring it. Because sometimes we do get that next level of success, that prominence, and our ego and my ego, my pride, just swelled up and I think I couldn't see it. So it was a place that I had to just really reflect on who I was. But I'll tell you, Jordan, I didn't like who I was, to be honest with you. It took a lot of work. I'm still working on myself. It's a never ending process. But I can say that I had a choice where my wife had made a decision to have a double mastectomy. I could have hired somebody to take care of her or I had to man up and do it myself. And I resigned from my job to take care of her. And Following that, that's where Daniel Gomez Inspires was born, our brand. And I said, God said, I want you to be a motivational speaker. And then everybody thought I was crazy. But as they say in show business, the rest is history. <laughs> hey, hey, that's awesome. And and man, you know, I already knew before you said it that, that you were going to leave because you had already proven that with your dad right you you had already you'd already been on this this journey before and so you were ready you were battle hardened right and and of course it led to this next thing that that now you're inspiring people all around the world you know so sometimes uh you know our mess becomes our message right (laughs) you know i know you heard that before right so but but it's so true sometimes the the hardships the adversity i mean i'm i'm a big believer that it gives us strength you know it really strengthens us and and prepares us for what's next right getting us ready for battle yeah well the one thing that most people don't realize is every 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 disappointment purifies the soul let me say that again every disappointment it purifies the soul and as your soul is getting purified, you get stronger, you get more resilient, but also you become more grateful and compassionate. And I think as, as I was disappointed time and time again, it just really showed me that, hey, anything is really possible when you apply yourself and stuff's gonna happen. But one thing I love about what my wife said, when all this happened to her, she never played the victim mentality. She never said, why me? My wife's attitude was, why not me? Yeah, that's powerful. And I said, what excuse do I have as a man, right? What excuse do I have as a leader of my home, as as a husband, as a father, to feel sorry for myself if my wife is getting up and doing the reps. And she went back to the gym. She went back to working out. And the days that I didn't feel like, I guess, going forward in business, because we have those days. I had those days. I'll be honest with you. I have a I have a quote that I say is that you're not a true entrepreneur until you, you spent the day in the restroom and you were 99.9% sure that you were going to quit and give up back to, go back to your job, but you didn't. And she get, she inspired me so many times when I needed that inspiration, that motivation. That's awesome, man. Yeah, she's it sounds like she's ridiculously strong and, you know, and 
and really uh, showing you how strong you are, right? Uh, yeah. as, as well, having having to you know go through the, the journey together. So, uh, so tell the audience a little bit about your show. So you you, you get inspired to launch this show, and so you know what's what's the context of everybody? I, I'm sure it's finding people that have inspirational stories. Is is that a little bit of it? I'd love to just have you give some context. Well, the, the, what happened was when I was running the Chevrolet dealership, I would go to these high schools and, and I would give out these Chevrolet awards. And I didn't really think anything of it. And one day the principal said, hey, you want to say some words? And I'm like, no, I don't know what to say. And as I went back and sat down, right, I would, I give up the award and I said, I really don't have anything to say. And God said, what are you doing? You do the sales meetings all the time. And just look at it as a big sales meeting. And next thing you know, I had 300 young teenagers yelling and screaming, I'm a winner, I'm a champion. I love myself, I believe in myself. And it was epic, it was awesome. I got an email like two weeks later saying, who is this car guy, right? Who is he? And I was like, uh-oh, what did I do? And they said, tell him, I said, thank you. My son has never been the same. Because I would go out and I would give out these Chevrolet caps just as a, for marketing, right, of our brand, of our leadership. So when I, when all this happened, it came full circle that I resigned from my job and God put it on my heart. I, I actually found that email. I printed it up. I kept it with me. That's how much it touched my heart so much. When I went to my tie rack, that email was there and I read it and I just cried, Jordan. And that's when God says, I want you to speak. I want you to be a mother. So really my journey as when I came out and retired and, and started my business, it was, it was straight up motivational speaking. I didn't know what I was going to do, how I was going to go about it. But I knew one thing, I wasn't ready, but I knew that I could sales train because I had sales trained for many years. Right. But the more that I stepped back and I said, just self-training i ran the dealership i had 100 employees i understood business i understood uh leadership team building communication and all these things were like wow i do all this and i'm like so i was more qualified than i realized right we always we're always keep we, we always have more than we realize within ourselves and as the journey started i just really started going out there knocking on doors selling my training and um people came on and i went and got john maxwell certified so through this, I became a paid professional speaker, speaking at the United States Air Force after my big break came through. And I shared the stage live with Les Brown, with Tom Bilyeu from Impact Theory. And then I went and shared the stage with Forbes Riley and some other amazing speakers. But I say that not to impress you, but to show you that anything is possible when you put your mind to it. And when God is with you, there's nothing that you can't do. And as COVID came around at the time in 2020, we, we also host our own events. I, I have we have about three or four live events, big ones throughout the year. But as COVID came and, I, and we just had our big live event, our business accelerator conference, March of fifth uh, of twenty twenty, the two weeks later the country closed down. I lost forty thousand dollars in paid speaking gigs, and at that moment ninety percent of my revenue, eighty to nine percent was was speaking. So I had to do something, and I had been practicing my podcast, and then God said start it. But this, this is what I want people to understand. No matter how much success you have in one area of your life or business, whenever there's a new chapter or a new idea, there's everybody has doubts. It's acting in spite of those fears and doubts. Let me say that again. To be true, truly successful, you have to invest in yourself and take action in spite of that fear and those doubts that creep in. Because they would say, Daniel, you ain't only going to listen to your podcast. And next thing you know, by the end of the year, we had Mark Victor Hansen, we had Evan Carmichael, 
amazing people, Johnny Dumas on our podcast and we won podcast of the year. And it's just been a, it's been a blessing ever since, man. So it's just really a podcast about entrepreneurship. And if, you know, kind of like you, I let the conversation slow because if God wants to speak, I let him move and it's, it's all good, right? The main focus is confidence, business, entrepreneurship, and just inspiration and motivation. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, I love the, the journey and, and I love what you said. You know, you, you realize that you have more to offer people, you know, because uh, especially when you work in corporate America, you work in the a corporate environment, um, you're, you're only worth what they tell you you're worth. You know, I was there 15 years. I was the 100K guy, you know, what I'm saying plus bonuses and the, the six weeks vacation. And, and that's that was what I was defined by. And I didn't realize that. I had it in me to go out on my own, but I had to take that risk. I had to take that leap. I had to go blaze my own trail. I mean, that's what my show is all about. And, and if I'm not going to do it, how can I expect my audience to go and do it? You know, and, and I think when, when we find out things that we're passionate about and we find out what our purpose in life is, man, you've got to, you've got to go after that with reckless abandon. And uh, I love what you said. It's not going to be easy. You know, entrepreneurship is a lonely game, but if you keep getting up, you know, you know, if you keep waking up and you keep putting that work in that effort, man, the fruits and the freedom that comes with it are so rewarding. Yeah. Well, I, you know, think about what you just said right now. You are making over a hundred thousand dollars a year, six weeks vacation. And that's, I would say that's 80% to 90% of people's dream job. They would never leave it. And then next thing you know, they're not happy there anymore, but they tolerate it because of A, the title, and B, just the complacency, right? Commonality. We always go back to commonality. But I admire what you said because people need to hear that, is that you might have that cushion job. You might have that big desk. You might be making more money than you ever thought. Maybe it's 50, 60, whatever that amount is to you. But I can tell you, when you become your own entrepreneur, when you become your own boss, that's epic right there. And I want to let you know that don't let the comfort of your level of success that you're at, even though you never thought you would achieve it. And this is a, this is the big excuse that I hear all the time is this, Jordan, is that, well, I've done better than my parents. Great. Now go leave a legacy for your kids. And, and I'll tell you what, this first quarter of 2021, we had a record-breaking first quarter that we achieved numbers I would have never dreamed of. But it took time to get there. But I'll tell you what, I wouldn't change anything for the world. And just think about what, what we have accomplished in the middle over three years. I can't imagine what the next three years is going to be like. Boy. Love it. Love it, man. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's so important for people to, to really let these things sink in. Right. Because it doesn't matter what, what you're going to do. And, and listen, there's nothing wrong with working at a corporate job and getting to a certain level. You know, not everybody should be entrepreneurs. Right. Like there, there are people that that need to be in, in those corporate environments. But um, I also want to tell you that if you have a dream, you know, if there's something that you want to do, um, I, my advice is do what I did, because for about a year and a half, I did it on the side. I became a practitioner. I be, I got good. I got clients, like people actually paying me before I made the leap. You know, because I wanted to assure myself that I could manage a full-time job and a podcast and a business on the side because if I could do that, man, I knew that I could take that leap and I could go bet on myself. 
So that's my advice for everyone out there listening is if you if you have if you're passionate about something and you've got a skill set, go actually do it. Go use yes. that skill set. Go put in those reps. Go fall on your face because you know when you get to the other side and you fall, it's gonna hurt. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it, it is going to hurt. There is going to be blood, but you got to prepare yourself for that. Yeah, but I love what you said, and, and the reality is this: is you said something that was key right there. Bet you bet on yourself, and most people they'll bet on other people first instead of betting on themselves. And I want to encourage your audience right now. You've been feeling that tug in your heart. You've been feeling that idea coming on. And you've you've canceled that idea. You've canceled that dream that God put in your heart. This is your season. Your time is now. It doesn't matter how much you make. It doesn't matter that it, you, no one's going to bet on you unless you bet on yourself. And said again, no one is going to bet on you unless you bet on to bet on you. You heard Jordan just say that. Bet on yourself. Because when you bet on yourself, you can't lose. Think about it this way. How far have you come, right? Think about where you're at right now. You've made it this far. The odds are in your favor that you're going to make it even further. So don't be scared to bet on yourself. 100%, man. I love that. And you know, this has definitely been been great learning about your journey. You are a true trailblazer, my friend, <laughs> in, in all senses of the word. So I would love... Um, for you to just give the audience some 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 parting words, maybe one of your your uh, another quote that you enjoy, um, and then also uh, let them know um, where to to find you. I know that you're going to be a great resource for everybody that hears this. People are going to be impacted in a positive way, just knowing where your character is. You know, living with your dad for his final days and being with your wife while she you know had to have a double mastectomy like brother that is all amazing so keep up what you're doing and and let's go ahead and, and have daniel gomez inspire <laughs> the audience yeah, before you man. leave man and let everyone know where they can where well, they can find you i always go back to my quote on my book right you were born to fly is the name of my international bestseller because you were born for greatness you were born for success you weren't born to be mediocre you weren't born to be average you were born you were destined for great things it's time to get out of your own cage to get out of that jail cell that you put yourself in of complacency of laziness of commonality and it's time that you start flying you were born for success let me say it again you were born to fly and when you realize how much success you have within yourself when you realize how much success and with your with that untapped potential there's nothing that you can't do and i'm going to end with this if god can take mold stinky smelly mold and turn it into penicillin what can he not do with your body what can he not do with your life if you allow him to this is daniel gomez inspires if no one's ever told you they believe in you i'm telling you right now i believe in you and what i want to do for your audience jordan is I want them to, to text the word right now, confident, that's C-O-N-F-I-D-N-T, text the word confident to 26786, and I'm going to give you my free training, it goes with my book, Seven Steps to Fly Daily, Seven Steps to Fly Daily, it's a free, it's a training that I would sell for $149, I'm going to give it to your audience for free because I want to add value, so text the word confident to 26786, and that way you can get that free training that's going to change your life because there's more inside of you. And the moment you realize that you are worthy and deserving of success is the moment you'll stop undervaluing who you are.
So stop undervaluing who you were created to be. Love it, brother. Hey, everybody, make sure that you text uh, that word to that number. We're going to make sure that we put it down in the show notes as well. Daniel Gomez, you have inspired me, brother. I know you're going to inspire so many of our listeners out in the 54 countries that we've got them out there. Thank you so much for coming on the Blaze Your Own Trail podcast. Hey, Jordan, thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. I love your energy, man. And thank you so much again. 